it's Xander Berkeley, Gregory from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to David Brody and Jamie on the Walkers and Talkers podcast. Xander Berkeley. You know why I chose Xander Berkeley? Why not? Well, you already know why. I already know why. Because Xander Berkeley's calling our podcast in a couple of minutes. Yes, he is. I'll tell you a couple reasons I'm excited. First of all, we've talked about Xander Berkeley very many times on our show. Yeah. This will be the third time we've interviewed him. I know. He's, he's practically family. I, yeah, he knows us. He does. <laughs> In fact, um, to prove to you and to our wonderful followers, I now have his mobile number. I, when you told number. me that, I'm like, do you really? Yeah. I can't believe that. Well, That's I, trust. That's so, trust. And we'll talk a minute when he calls about why he's calling. He's going to be at a great event in New Jersey. Yes. And they asked if we wanted to speak to him about his event, which I was like, absolutely. And, of course, we'll talk about The Walking Dead. So I said, well, in case there's a problem with our phone system, because sometimes there is, is there a callback number? Like, is he going to be in a studio yeah. or an office or on set somewhere in case there's a problem? We can reach out and call him. Or we call her if she wants to give her number, mm-hmm. his publicist, and yeah. we call her. And then she would get us in touch with him. And she said... Xander gave me permission to give you his number. Oh my gosh. So yeah. We're excited. <laughs> we're like smiling like idiots. We, we sort of we sort of rate now. We're sort of like uh we're sort of important. Yeah. I mean, at least in the Xander Berkeley world. He, yeah. So he's I'm gonna very call you a minute. Well, welcome to Walkers and Talkers episode ninety eight. Yes. Now last week you'll notice there was no episode number. I had to edit it out. Because Jamie convinced me it was episode 96. Well, we it was 97. Both, we, were, we were off by like two or three. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I think you said 94. And then I was like, no, uh, I think it's 96. I and, thought we said 95. And yeah. But it was 97. It was 97. And now this is episode 98. Yeah. So. Uh, anyway, I'm David Brody from Elvis Stranded Morning Show. We know that you listen in order. Yes. So you know that already. This is Jamie from Light FM. Hi. And uh, we have, um, I got a new listener. Oh. That tweeted me. His name is... Uh, I want to just get his handle. I have, I know his name, but I want to make sure I have his his Twitter handle because he's a big follower of the Elvis Strand Morning Show and a big fan to the Brooklyn Boys podcast. But he had never listened to this before, and he listens to The Walking Dead. Oh. So I was like, "What? Wait a minute! What the hell's that about?" So I gave him grease. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus Cheney uh, at Marcus DC. So uh, anyway, he's. Uh, He's got to go back and listen to all the episodes. So that's um, a lot. That's ninety-seven episodes. And he's got to catch up on Brooklyn Boys because he just oh. uh, started listening to that. Anyway, um, forgive me. I'm gonna try to find it. I meant to to mark it. I'll have it for later. But one of our listeners quoted something I say. Oh, listening in order mm-hmm. and uh, free dessert was talking about things that I say on the Brooklyn Boys podcast. Oh, okay. And quoted it to this podcast. I'm oh. like, oh, cross pollinating, like Morgan going from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking yes. Dead. Yes. Now, one of the big things, he's going to call him in. I'm very excited. Okay. A little nervous. <laughs> one of the uh, the things that I'm excited about for The Walking Dead mm-hmm. is, and Fear the Walking Dead, is April 15th, which is the season finale and the season premiere of season four. And word on the street, by the way, everyone's excited to, that I've been interacting with. Fear the Walking Dead looks fantastic. It really, really does. And so they're doing it. It's the first time they've done back-to-back. They, they're going to end one and begin one on the oh, same night. Oh, my God. Which means, for us, it's great because there's no gap now between our, our podcast Sometimes episodes. we need a minute. We need a minute. But we don't want too many minutes. Well, maybe just one week. Minute. Just one week. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. 
AMC movie theaters. Yeah. In conjunction with AMC Networks, I'm assuming they're I, all good buddies. Yeah. They're going to show for $10. What? The two hours in the movie theater. A fear? Yeah. No, no, oh. it's going to be the Walking Dead finale right into Fear the premiere. What? Sunday the 15th. I need to do this. No commercials. Stop it. No commercials. Stop. And it starts a half hour and it starts at 8:30. No and way. And there's bonus material. What? Yeah. My mind is blown. Where can we get just okay. are the tickets already on sale? Yes. So, here's the thing. Oh I looked my God. Up, I looked up theaters in our areas. And your area and my area are not that close. Where is it? So, they're in my area in two or three theaters. But none near you, because I was going to go to the one at the mall, and they're not having Which it. Which one by you? Well, look uh, at uh, well I'll offer you, tell me. I'll go, I'll go. Okay. We'll go. So I'm just letting you know, that's what I'm doing. <gasps> well, I'm doing that with you. $10, so... assigned seats, oh we got to go. Oh my God. Just like we went to the Greek theater for the Did premiere. Did you get tickets yet? No, I was okay. waiting for this to talk to you about oh, it. Oh, all right. Well, make sure you get me a ticket with you. $10. Oh my God. Yeah. This I'm so excited right now. That's a freaking amazing thing. So just Google the Ow. Walking Dead AMC theaters and the finale, and that you'll find so it. That's so cool. Yeah. The website, you put in your zip code, and it shows you yeah. what theaters are in the area. But Jamie lives in a poo-poo area, so she doesn't know. <laughs> hey! There's no, listen, I'm just I'm just saying. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, that your your neighborhood doesn't have yeah. the super cool. Okay, so it, it's 1130. We're taping this on Tuesday, right? Yeah. Let's say the 20, 20th. I feel, Look at us go, because last week we did Friday. We just Friday. Friday. I feel like we just <laughs> we did just this. We just did this. We literally did. So. We just did this, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I was writing up my notes, and I'm like, oh, not much has changed since Friday. There is some news. We'll get to yeah. that in a minute. Um, but I'm just I'm waiting for the hotline to ring. And uh, let's see. He's got he's got 20 seconds. Let's see if he, okay. see if he calls. Well, we, we'll continue our uh, episode 98. Well, there's a, the new, uh, there's a new trailer for The Walking Dead for episode 13. It's the first two minutes of the episode. Yes. Did you see it? Not yet. Oh. See, if you had come to my desk early, we usually I watch know. the trailers. Uh, yeah, we normally watch, trailers. watch trailers together. So uh, in this one, it's ju- it's mostly Morgan. Okay. And he's he's on a road, there's a pickup truck, and he sees a ghost. Mm. Just go watch the trailer. Okay. And then there's Alexandrians all blowing their horns to signal each other that the oh, saviors boy. are coming. Oh, God. Saviors are coming. The saviors are coming. Yeah. All right. He's not calling. I'm going to call him. He's going to regret the day he gave us his phone number. Uh-oh. All right, let's see if this is really his number. Hello? Uh, hello, I'm calling for uh, Xander Berkeley, please. You have got him. <laughs> Xander Berkeley, this is Dave Brody from and uh, Jamie from the Walkers and Talkers podcast. How are you? Good day, Brody and Jane. How are you? Good. Hi, good. Xander. This is officially our third time speaking with you. And uh, I think that's familiar. I think I know exactly who you are. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. We got to meet you at the Greek Theater, and we met you at Stalker. At Chiller. Chiller and, and yeah, and we've had you on the show. We, charm, guys. Yes, we are the we are the show that interviewed you about the Carney Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Uh, I hope we're not calling it a bad time. We were supposed to speak to you at eleven thirty our time, and we thought maybe somebody gave you the wrong time zone. No, eleven thirty year time is uh, New York. Yeah. Time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. And then eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's eight thirty this time. And eight thirty-seven is uh, close enough. Uh, everything good with you guys? Oh, now? everything's good. I just want to make sure we're not interrupting. Uh, maybe a little breakfast or a little jog on the beach. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, kids are at school, and I'm sitting here with a cup of tea. All right. Well. 
The last time we spoke to you, when we were talking about the Carney Awards, which you were you were honored at, um, your your wife Sarah Clark was in the background, and we got to speak to her through the phone, which was very exciting. But she's not yeah, home at the moment. She may she may join the conversation in the background again at any given moment. Fantastic! <laughs> we love the bonus interviews. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know what? In case she doesn't, let's just talk about uh, Sarah for a minute. Uh, Amazon season four, uh, five of uh, Bosch, uh, April thirteenth, starring Titus Welliver. And uh, according to IMDb, Sarah is in the premiere episode. Is that correct? I believe she is. Very good. Definitely well, in this season, and um, we're excited to be watching it. Very good. So uh, good. In case she walks in, I wanted to know we we plugged her show as well. Excellent. 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 Yeah, great show. So the reason we have you for a few minutes today is that you are going to be appearing and being honored another award uh, at the 2018 Garden State Film Festival. March 22nd to the 25th in Asbury Park, New Jersey. And they are giving you a Lifetime Achievement Award. How about that? What do they know that I don't know? I don't know. I mean, I've seen your IMDb page. It's very impressive. It's massive. But I feel like you're not <laughs> <Yeah>. done yet. <laughs> no, I'm not. But, you know, it is it is interesting the way the universe works. Uh, you know, without having necessarily gotten a tremendous amount of recognition along the way, um, and, you know, to a great extent, uh, by my own intent, flying deliberately under the radar, um, never really pursuing publicity and and uh, sort of changing the way I looked and everything I did as much as one possibly could, rather than exploiting a sort of known persona. Uh, it... Uh, it it has reached a kind of critical mass, and it is being recognized at these Lifetime Achievement Awards, and it's incredibly gratifying because I always did want to be a director when I grew up, and I, and I've always I've done a lot of producing as I've gone along in in independent film worlds. Uh, they've given me a producer credit because I've pulled so many different parts of the production together to make it happen, and I've um, I've always been a good i've thrown a lot of parties that were sort of not just parties but ways for different people in the business to get to know each other film you know cinematographers and writers and and art directors and production designers and and actors as well obviously uh all in in a room uh or in rooms together at the same time and salons and different sort of creativity uh get-togethers and they were always aimed at, even if it was just a dinner party, aimed at down the line, um, putting people together towards creative ends. And I've done a lot of directing of one-offs and things like that in recent years that uh, preparing me for this next phase, because Sarah and I are moving back east to get our girls out of Los Angeles before they become teenagers. <laughs> nice. All the daughters going into sixth grade next year and we've managed to get on the east coast and um, get them out just a minute of time we love los angeles it's been very very good to both of us but it's time to get them out to a place where they can just ride their bikes and be free and and um and normal and for us to and where we're going is maine where we've already got a farm and a place to put people up when they come to work on the farm. And the farm is an 1820s dairy farm with a lot of land and a beautiful river on it. And the barn is being transformed, transformed into a, a, a 
the sound stage of sorts to be able to shoot all kinds of different things. Oh, that, wow, that's so that cool. Project. Nice. When you yeah. said you wanted to move east and have your girls ride their bikes and live a normal life, I said, well, Manhattan's out. He's not talking about New York. No. Yeah, no, that's right. And, and much as Sarah and I both lived in New York before we came to Los Angeles, um, many years before she, uh, but and we'll have access to, by being on the East Coast to New York, which we've always missed. But um, we'll have access to New York actors and uh, and a lot of friendships we've maintained on the East Coast to to come and work at the farm, as well as friends writing things such that. It's basically, we're going to be throwing summer camp for our grown-up nice. and their creative offspring of all ages. Well, the land, wow. the land up there is probably enough that you could do uh, the Walking Dead Maine. <laughs> yeah, I, I may be through with the the zombie genre by the time I'm through with the Walking Dead, but uh, there are so many things that Maine. Oh is yes, perfect. yes. I, I wasn't well, implying that you would be on the show. I just meant you could rent you could rent out your property uh, up there oh, for, yeah. for shooting. I mean, I, no spoilers. We hope your character lasts a long time, but uh, you know, the future may hold. You could be a producer for one of the spinoffs and use we the land. We can see walkers in the snow. Yeah. Well, speaking of walkers, walkers in, the... in the snow, following <laughs> the, the fetid flesh yeah. trail. By the way, one of my favorite Christmas songs, "Walkers in the Snow." <laughs> uh, have your kids ever seen snow? Uh, Why? Well, only this past weekend. I've got a cabin up in Lake Arrowhead since. 1988 it's turning 30 this year I, I was a kid when i got my first place and uh and i, I got my second home first is where i was described because i just wanted to look after a bit of uh you know beautiful trees and and uh, an old historic camp but you know a cabin that was up there since the 20s and and uh i still have it i renovated it a few years back and, and i'm going to hang on to that we move to sell our place here in L.A. And, and get this place on the East Coast, and uh, but we'll always have that cabin. You may be coming into your uh, yeah. Asbury Park with a little snow with on the ground. Snow. Yeah. Oh, see, I never got tired of it. I never got tired of the stuff, even even when I had to shovel. So let's talk a little bit more about the uh, the film festival. I'm going to read some bullet points, and then please chime in if there's anything I'm missing. Uh, yeah. Uh, there will be plenty of celebrities, filmmakers, a chance to network, hands-on workshops, open talent casting call, a screenplay competition. Uh, panel discussions, fun parties, I'm hearing. Uh, 245 films from 22 countries. All information at GSFF. That's Garden State Film Festival. GSFF.org. Uh, and you will be there with... Uh, now, the first film, the name sounds really cool. The Wanderer's Quest of the Demon Hunter, starring Amanda Sante, uh, which I understand you'll be with. Um, have you seen this film yet? I have not, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. And, and I'm looking forward to meeting Armand. I've never met him after all these years, and he seems like such a good guy. Um, what What can you tell me about the experience for someone who's coming down to Asbury Park this week? What should they expect? How is this different uh, from just going to a normal film festival? Well, because of all those things you just, uh, those bullet points you just read, those are not typical things taking place at a film festival. I know they're honoring different kinds of people, uh, in education and, and, and different areas as well, but they they seem like they're just really proactive in in trying to integrate the, the industry into uh, into the state. It, and New Jersey is my home state, and they did not know that about me before they gave me the award. So it's really kind of like a um, uh, a little bit of a, a prodigal return for me because I am returning to the East Coast. I am finishing this phase of actively pursuing acting, it'll keep coming at me and I'll keep doing it. But 
you know, um, it's a it's a it's a really fun festival to be involved in because I know I'm I am going to be doing that play reading thing with the the script um, that they've got prepared and. And so you get to see actors of a certain level do a table read, which is something that we all do out here when somebody wants to hear their script out loud. And um, and that's not something that usually people outside the business get to experience. And here they are making that available, as well as all those other things you listed, which uh, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to go about doing it, but it's, it's fascinating to me that they're making the effort and... Uh, offering it in whatever form they are. Well, it sounds like a little bit of Hollywood on the East Coast. I mean, I, I saw the description yeah. of this, and I thought, what a great way to spend your day in a great town. Asbury Park just won an award for being one of the most up-and-coming towns in America. Um, and uh, Garden State Film Festival was named winner of the 2017 Global Excellence Awards for Best Independent Film Festival on the East Coast. So wow. this is not just your everyday thing. You know, my sister and my parents would always take us every year. We we, we had another place that we would spend our, our summer vacation, but um, my grandma had a place out in Long Island. But uh, we would we would go to Asbury Park at, at one time or another over the course of the spring or the summer. And I was in love with the place, the boardwalk and the, the old amusement park. And so it was very hard for me to think, oh, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to have a pavilion. That place was history from the 1800s, and I'm I'm a, a history nut, and and I just could always feel the atmosphere of different periods. Every time I went there, even as a kid, I was so aware of of its history. But I'm what I'm so delighted by is that it hasn't just been left to ruin, and it's been revived, and now this is part of its renovation and its revivification, and. And I'm excited to be a part of that. Fantastic. Uh, I'll give out the website again uh, before we hang up with you. And, of course, at the end of our podcast, because we're going to do a review of the, this past week's episode. Uh, but if you don't mind, can we ask you just a couple of questions, no spoilers, uh, about The Walking Dead before you go? Yeah, and I'd also like to just give a little pitch for the film that they're showing at the festival that uh, I star in. Oh, and, absolutely. And absolutely um, love and uh so if, if I can fit that in as well. Oh, yeah. do that right now, please. Oh, yes, I want to make sure please. we get to that. Uh, the, the film that they're showing is in the last lot of the festival um, on Sunday, the 25th at 2 o'clock, and it's called The Maestro. And it's about a guy who was exiled from Mussolini's Italy and helped out by people like Stravinsky and stuff like that. He's a great musician and composer, and he got to Hollywood with his family and eventually, and uh, composed for over 200 films, and almost all of which he, he didn't receive any credit for, but that wasn't his concern. He just loved getting to do what he loved. And he was a teacher, and he taught composition to the greatest composers of the 20th century, being Andre Previn, Jerry Goldsmith, Henry Mancini, John Williams, Randy Newman. It's unbelievable the people that he taught composition uh, to. And he his gift as a teacher was clearly, from all accounts, the ability not to just assert himself and enforce his ideas, but to hear and 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 draw out the voice within someone. And um, and it's a, a beautiful story about the artist struggle the the the, the pain 
painful but beautiful journey of an artist. Uh, and I'm just, my wife plays my wife. She speaks only Italian in the film. Wow. Oh, I love that. And, yeah, and she, she spent her, she's, Italian was her, her major in, 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 in college, and she lived over there for a while. And stuff. So it's something she always wanted to do. And this, this character, um, my best friend passed away uh, last year, and I was able to spend time with him in Barcelona. He got married and mm-hmm. moved over there a long time ago, and and I saw him before he he was very ill, and, and uh, I got there before he passed, and he passed on a lot of his knowledge to me about the this period in music and about composition. That he was he was a conductor and a composer and a player forever. And uh, his love of music is something that all the way from high school uh, friendship and the devotion that it took and the passion that he had for it throughout his entire life is something that uh, was always a part of my life in our relationship as best friends over all those years. And so I dedicate this performance to him in a way because I, he, he is such a beautiful soul. And this character that I got to play, I've played so many bad guys, is just such a beautiful human being. And I'm so grateful. I, I won the Best Actor in the Oaxaca International Film Festival in the global category, and the film has won Best Film in a, a couple of different festivals now. And I'm, I'm just so happy that people are seeing it because it was a tiny labor of love with a small budget, and I'm very honored that they're showing it at the, uh, at the film festival in Garden City. In, in, in Asbury Park, Garden State. Home. Right. Xander, I'm gonna, two things that come to mind after that description. Number one, uh, this is a film that I feel like I have to see now after that description. Nobody I've ever interviewed talks about a project they've worked on the way you do. Very there, true. There is such passion yeah. in the way that you talk about this. And, and the last time we had you on, you you really care about the things you work on. And it's very evident when, when you speak about them. And I, I just wanted to, to credit you for that because... A lot of times you interview people and they go, yeah, this is my new film, uh, Bruce Willis is in it, and it's going to be out in theaters, and it's a lot of fun, bring the whole family. And and you... Yeah. You well, really... you know, here's the thing. I grew up, I think part of this is I grew up without realizing it in the golden age of independent film. And, uh, you know, my first, you know, feeling of really being involved in independent film was Sid and Nancy, and that was Gary Oldman's first film. It was Roger Deakins' first film, and they finally both got long overdue and much deserved Academy Awards this year. Um, but the, there was a level, and you know, even that film got, had at least five or six million dollars to, uh, to do what it got to do, and it was on Cisco Neighbors' top ten of the decade. And, it, it, uh, and I got to work with all these great directors like Mike Figgis, and I did four films with him and Alex Cox, and and, the, and with Stephen Frears and with, you know, like just all these great independent filmmakers through the 80s and 90s. And and, and then it started to slow down in, in, in 2008. The economy changed and uh, the structure of the business changed. And I really feel like it's a it's a mission, just like it's not, this is, it's not a charity, but it is a pure labor of love because we don't make any money from it anymore. They don't have any budgets for it anymore. They, they are willing to spend $150 million on a Marvel movie, but they're not willing to spend $5 million on a movie like that anymore. They're, for the most part, it's 500000 at the most. And uh, so it, it, 
you can only do it fueled by love and getting other people that want, need and want to tell a story. And, and I think we need it as a culture. I think we, I, I just have grown up loving film. And um, so, yeah, it really is. It's a genuine passion. And, and I think as long as I'm going to be involved in pop culture, you know, and I, I love a lot of things about The Walking Dead and the fact that they shoot it on 16 millimeter and the, the, the writing is so good and the, all the aspects of the production is so good. I'm I'm passionate about that, but it's being able to go back and forth between a big budget and a pop culture splash, and still, it's, for me, that's what I, I I have to come back to these small things, and that's what that's what I'm going to try and foster and provide opportunities for a whole bunch of filmmakers. Excellent. For uh, for someone who's listening to the podcast who's in a different part of the country who can't come to the festival, where can they see the maestro? Well, hopefully, it. Uh, I, I wanted to. We're it's doing the festival circuit now, but uh, we'll see what kind of distribution deal we get, and it'll certainly get uh, you know released on on the platforms of um, the internet and be able to see it on, on television screens and our, our hope is that it'll be in the art houses certainly it'll be it'll be out in LA and New York and the big cities but hopefully it'll be in, in the art houses around the country Very as good. well well as soon as we hear about it we will certainly mention it on uh, on the show so we can promote that it's available you know na- nation, okay. nationwide thank you so much there you go <laughs> alright right, there you go nice segue alright so here's our first question it's an easy question there's a character on the show that you are next to now all the time in the pen. He, he's, the, he's the character that seems like he's a good guy. He's a good savior. Al. Now, we've heard his name is Al, and then there was he, we think he might play the character in the comics that's Dante, and we've been calling him Al Dante. So <laughs> can you just confirm that, that his name is, in fact, Al? Al. Well, I see. I'm... He's the short guy who tries kind to get Maggie. To, he wants Maggie to let him exercise. Yeah, no, good I behavior. Never said it. I, it's uh, it's Callum uh, is the actor. He's a lovely guy, and I'm trying to think whether his character's name was Al or not. I don't know why. I, I don't because they don't they don't mention his name. That's the problem. They, they, and only one yeah, time that they mention I, his name very briefly. One question. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I don't believe it's Al because. Okay. The reason I'm only ever seen as Xander is because my name is Alexander. My parents always called me Xander. For a while in New Jersey, when I was a jock growing up, uh, playing sports, they, they, they would only want, they, they called me Alex in general because the Cold War was going on. They thought Xander sounded communist or something. <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't like starting their name with X back then in the 60s. Okay. And, uh, and so then it was Alex. And then playing sports, it was Al. Okay, so if he was Al, you'd know it. One, so, yeah, especially because then it was like, Al! And it was like, Al! <laughs> and, uh, Al always rang a bell for me. That's why I had to All right. cut it off. All right, because uh, we, we thought and, he had a different name. We read somewhere he had a different name. And then when, when Maggie took Dean out and shot him in the face, he said, relax, Al, if, if Cupcake wants to put on a show. And so we thought he said Al. But all right, we'll, we'll keep the mystery going. Yes. So we'll mark that down as a mystery. Uh, Gregory apparently... Yeah, what's that? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so uh, Greg, yeah. your character Gregory wants to abandon ship. His idea was... Oh, maybe we should run. Now, if, if you well, if you Xander Berkeley were there, would you run or would you fight? 
Oh, that's a tough one. You know, uh, I, I would probably fight, you know, being a little bit different than Gregory. Uh, I, I would have an entirely different uh, attitude about a lot of things. Although I will say this, uh, I think TV shows in general uh, love to play into people's fantasies of what they wish or think they would do and what they actually do in real life is more often than not entirely different than right. their fantasy of what they would do. See, I already know and I would run. I'd run. I'd go with Morgan. I'd go with Morgan over to Fear the Walking Dead and get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah, run straight to Austin. Yeah, straight, straight to the other show. They have no yeah. food left. I, I would imagine Gregory probably uh, by the season, by the time the season's over, God willing he's still alive, that he probably wishes Morgan took him with him. You know, start fresh. You know, there's there's got to be a better way than, than sitting in a in a stinky old bed with a bunch of stinky old saviors uh, getting thrown <laughs> scraps of food when that you know uh, uh, looking right up there and that was my house. Right. Yeah, you were running stuff for for a time. Yeah, and, and it was going pretty well for me. You know, despite a uh, few heavy taxes that were levied by a few brutes along the way. Right. You know, in retrospect, had had your shipment to Negan not been light that one time, uh, there wouldn't have been an attempt on your life the minute that Rick happened <laughs> to be there. The one time, uh, none of this would have happened. So, ultimately, it's your fault for the light shipment, if you ask me. Also, Yeah, yeah, I think that might have been a fix. I think they were just trying to make me look bad. I'm not sure how that whole thing went down. Yeah. Everything was going real smooth until those fellas showed Absolutely. Up. Uh, I would imagine Gregory is dreading the thought of Father Gabriel showing back up. Oh, yep. <laughs> now, we don't know if that Awkward. happens. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Oh, uh, I, I, I was waving you over. You just didn't come. Yeah. Didn't you hear me yell, Father Gabriel, get in the car? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, listen, last season, uh, season seven, the actors, a lot of fans complained that... Last season was season eight. Oh, oh the season before the one that showed. Right, 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 right. We're still in eight now. I know you're finished with it, but to us, it's still, still current. Uh, last season, season seven, uh, there was a feeling among the, a lot of the main characters, the actors and the fans, that it was a very downtrodden season. They were under Negan's thumb. They were being punished all the time. And that this season yeah, was yeah. going to be more uplifting and upbeat and fun, which it has been. But if I look at the Gregory character, it seems like the opposite has happened. Last year, you were living in upbeat fun, and this year, you're downtrodden and and pooped on. You used to be a tequila man. Yeah, Yeah, nothing. Where's my tequila? (laughs) Boy, where where are my pancakes? Where... Oh, yeah, your pancakes. (laughs) Yeah. Where's my beautiful car? That's right. Where's Uh, my beautiful house? Thank you, David Byrne, who has a new album out. Um, I I, don't... I would imagine. I'm trying to imagine, and obviously you can't comment. But here's what I'm thinking: that when the saviors get in the walls of the hilltop, if given the chance, Gregory would do whatever he had to to stay alive. Is that fair to say, at least, knowing the Gregory character? Well, you know, only in respect to the fact that he knows how important he is for the survival of others. Right, and and himself, of course. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's why he's got to keep himself alive because he knows that by keeping himself alive. <laughs> Invariably, he's going to keep a larger number of people around him alive. That's correct. The, yeah, the man is a hero. The man, the man is a hero. In even his own people mind. Don't, yes. <laughs> yeah. The the one thing I like right now is that every time Gregory wants to speak to Maggie, he has to think about it 
preface uh, preface everything he's saying, beat around the bush to get to the point. Yeah, and this is not a beat around the bush kind of guy. Right. He's a little bit more spontaneous. And... But I, I love I love the way you act that those scenes out where you're sort of Margaret. The fear on your Margaret. Look, I don't want to say anything look, that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you know, if I if you don't mind me saying so. Um, speak, <laughs> speaking of Maggie, uh, who's played by Lauren Cohen, Cohen, uh, unrelated, by the way, we love Maggie and she's looks like this episode 13. She's really going to take a leadership role with these, with the saviors out the outside the gates in a completely unrelated question. With all the hundreds of projects you've worked on plays, movies, TV shows, unrelated. Have you ever worked in a situation where a, a character that was in the project with you was recast and you had to work with a different actor. Have you ever had that experience? Um, gosh, the bewitched experience. I don't think I have. I don't think I have. I mean, I've done plays where, uh, people changed. Um, but, uh, never, uh, establishing a character and then someone coming in as that character. Okay. I just wondering. I just something popped into my head. I don't know what it was, um, but this. Yeah, certainly... I know. <laughs> Obviously, he's picking up what you're putting down. Well, listen. You know, certain other members of the show have tweeted about their thoughts on the yeah. subject. I certainly don't want to put you on the spot, but it seems like something that we we all hope gets wrapped up in a positive way. You know? Yes, I hope so too. Uh, so too, but at the same time, you know, everybody's got to do what they got to do. Creative people got to fly in other directions sometimes, and who knows what uh, what the fate have in store. Right now, if Gregory survives the season, and let's say somehow the character of Maggie wasn't around for whatever reason, that'd be a good thing for Gregory, wouldn't it? It certainly would, and uh, and and one can only encourage people to muse all the different possibilities in the meantime. If, if form I, no conclusion, right. And see uh, the, the Walking Dead season nine as a blank canvas, like life itself. Speaking of blank canvas, did you see the Naked Walker this week? Um, the, the Greg Nicotero's post. Yeah, yes. they, 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 this past episode that just aired uh, a couple days ago, there was a completely oh, have... naked Walker on the show. Nude Walker. Were his bits and pieces falling off? Well, it looks like the bits and pieces already fell off. Well, he was behind Dwight and uh, Simon where Negan's car was uh, flipped over. Well, we don't know if it was a he or not. Uh, well, I was looking online and everyone's like, jawline. He has a big jawline. So and long hair, though. They're and thinking it's a man. Well, you know what? You can't judge gender in the, in the apocalypse. Tell. So You can't tell. We don't you know. know. Once all the bits fall off, it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> the bits. Um... Some of the actors on the show, when they when they pass on, and then we'll let you go, Xander. Like uh, 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 Chandler Riggs just passed away on the show. Spoiler: um, He didn't get to be a Walker. He, you know, he killed himself. Um, if your character someday finds its demise, would you like to be a Walker, or would you like to just get it over with and be done? Um. Well, it depends. I, I, you know, in the the comic book with the uh, yep. with the hanging image over my head. Uh, well, just you know, because everybody brings it up to me. You know, you got hanged. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, but they said. Hang your ass. Yeah, but 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 in fairness, they said the same thing to Stephen Ewan about getting hit with a bat. Look what. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that did happen. Yeah. Um, and, and well, so the image to me that that always is in my mind is 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 dangling from a, a rope, hanging from a tree, and uh, and morphing into the zombie, and then biting the rope through and dropping <laughs> with a with a huge clump to the ground and scuttling off. I, I can't get that image out of my head. So, but I have no idea what they'll do. It's got to be weird being an actor on a TV show where people are dying, and there's. Although it's not followed to a T, clearly with Carl's death, spoiler, um, he, he, there's sort of a blueprint for what might happen to your character. It's got to be weird knowing what may or may not happen. I mean, so many things have changed from the comics, it might not. Well, I mean, just picture it. It's like if you were given the opportunity to know whether or not you were going to die and when it would be and how it would be, would you would you opt to find out or would you want to keep that a secret to yourself? I, I would not want to know that. Yeah, me neither. But uh, as, a, as an actor, invariably, you have no choice. And, and with me as an actor, unless it's one of these little projects of love, invariably, I know when they're hiring me, nine times out of ten, it's because they, they, they think of me for these roles because the character dies in some grotesque way. <laughs> like, who dies? Honestly, he dies. He's made his living dying. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, every actor that's left the show has talked about getting the phone call from Scott and Gimple. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so now that I have your, we have your phone number, if I called you as Scott, would 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 it freak you out a little bit? <laughs> well, he's not the showrunner anymore. So well, I don't no, know. no, I understand that. I'd have to, I'd have to be the the, the new showrunner. Um, but who's a woman? But no. Scott is overseeing the Walking Dead universe. Yeah, yeah. he is. And since he has a relationship with you, he might still want to be the guy to call you. Yeah, I'm going to text him right now. And ask him <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Xander, Yo, we, look, buddy. we look forward to the next time we talk to you, which yes, will be Xander. our fourth. Thank you. Um, but this was, this is, no, wait a minute. We did one, two, three. This is the, this is the one, two, three, four. This is the fifth? We're at the fifth time we've talked one, to you. One, two, three, four. Get this out. is the no, fifth time. The, the third. No, well, it's the, thir- it's the fourth interview. But fifth time we met we've, at Chiller, right? Didn't we meet at Chiller? We met we at Chiller, Chiller, right? Yeah, uh, and then we met in L.A. We met in L.A. and then we did the Carney Award phoner and this phoner. So that's four. That's four. All right, four. So four. I'm looking forward to five. Okay, looking forward to five. We're always <laughs> we're, whenever you need to, to promote something, Anytime, we're always we're always here know. for you, Xander. You're Thank in you. New Jersey, aren't you? Aren't you near New Jersey? Uh, we're in New York at the moment, but we both live in New Jersey. So uh, wave to us. Park. It's not far away. Come on out, see the maestro, make it happen. It's Sunday, two o'clock. There you go. It's going to be at the Paramount hey. Theater, um, and it's fifty dollars if you guys want to go. There you go, the Garden State Film I'll Festival. Get I'll get you guys in. Good. <laughs> that we like even better. Everybody <laughs> else, hey. suck it. You can ask, then look through my IMDb thing, and we'll give you a, 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 a credit of, of interviews about anything you want to ask. Okay, nice. Oh, very cool. Nice. Very good. Uh, all information at gsff.org. Xander Berkeley, thank you very thank much, you, sir. Thank you, Xander. You bet, you guys. Good to talk to you. All right. Again. Have a safe trip east. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. He's passionate. He's so interesting, though. Like, he talks about his life and... It's very interesting. I feel like he knows he knows our names now. Like he would never say David Broden like he did that one time on the ID. We said something and he goes, "Oh, well, wasn't it at Chiller that I right, saw you?" So right. he remembers us. He does. Well, listen, we we've 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 had a great interaction with him. Um and uh
you know, he's he's a good guy. He is a very good guy. And I genuinely guy. like him, and I like so many of the things he's been in. Yeah. That I feel guilty not liking his character on The Walking Dead, I but know. that's what makes him a good actor. Yeah. Is you hate him, which you're supposed to. Yeah. I like when he was talking about himself, like, well, I was a great leader. They just didn't, you know. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot of news. Let's talk about the news. Okay. That's going on in the world. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna play a little play the theme again. I feel like it's been a while. Yeah. That was a that was a podcast by itself. Yes, it was. So if you're if you're here, thank you for uh, listening through. Uh, you guys wanted longer podcasts, so here you go. So are we doing two separate ones here? Are we just doing just going. Well, why with even it? ask that question? Because they're gonna know the answer when we keep going. <laughs> No, we're gonna we're gonna muscle through. Wow. Okay. Let's. Yeah, let's, I got a soda here. I let's got, do this thing. I just I snuck some raisins in while he was talking about Maine. And I feel like I'm good. And I'm recharged. Oh, well, you didn't give me any raisins. Well, <laughs> I'm just teasing. You're giving me a million raisins. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> it's been a long day. All right. So first of all, I want to start with something that a lot of uh, our followers are well aware. Some of them said, "Damn it, I was expecting this." Yes. Hashtag. F you the terror. Stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Chris, look, we spoke to Chris Hardwick about this. Yeah. We said F you into the Badlands. Mm-hmm. We explained him what that meant. It meant don't premiere shows after The Walking Dead. Then we have to wait another hour for Talking Dead. Not okay when we get up with the time we do. I understand you want the lead in. But Talking Dead has a huge audience. Huge. So put it on after Talking Dead. Agreed. Uh, or, you know what? Or, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. But I don't like getting my Talking Dead delayed for anything. No. I keep her as it. Now, wait a minute. April 15th, you can delay it for Fear the Walking <laughs> well, Dead. Well, that's a different circumstance. By the way, during that whole time we were talking to Xander, um, I felt like we should have booked our tickets. Oh, damn. We had time. Damn. Okay. But well, we didn't. So we'll do right after. All right. The, we right have to make sure we pick seats. Yeah, we'll pick seats. Okay. Do they have to be together? Yes. All right, fine. But you don't want to sit. You were on a plane with me for six hours. <laughs> Two, <laughs> Two times. That's right. And we stayed in the same hotel, different yeah, rooms. Different rooms. Yeah, but you said that one of the other people down the hall was your work husband. So I feel like you well, should sit next to him at the movie theater. <laughs> He's my work side piece. Okay. <laughs> now, people who listen to Elvis Show in the Morning Show know that my, my work wife uh, on our show... On oh, the main see, show. See, you have another no, work. No, wife. no, no, no. But but <laughs> but I but I'm clarifying. It was just for the Elvis Duran Morning Show. Yes. Was Bethany? Yeah. Now Bethany's not here any longer, no. so she's no longer my work wife. So I'm open. I'm number one. You are now, <laughs> by default. <laughs> hey. Well, I mean, there's nobody. I mean, you, you should. Would, this should make you happy. <laughs> it's either you or Scary. Oh God. Who co-hosts the Brooklyn better, Boys? And I me. better went over Scary yeah, you for do. this. You do. You do. Well, you have your hair extensions in. You look good. But if he gets hair extensions, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Oh man. Well, All right. You know. So we're going with F you the terror. <laughs> Again, I I'm sure the show's good. I'm sure you know. I'm great. God bless it. Good luck. Yeah. I, I don't want. We to just go, don't want. I don't want to want to watch it. Yeah. Because you're making me wait another hour on a Sunday when we have to go to work. Yeah. And here's the worst part. Here's the worst part. It's one hour on Sunday, but it's a two-hour premiere on Monday. Oof. Which means you could have waited till Monday and seen both episodes. I wish they did that. That would have been better. I don't think they did that with Preacher, right? They didn't stick me with Preacher. No. They, they had no, Preacher they didn't. premiere when the Walking Dead shows weren't on. Yeah. And then Preacher was on Monday I mean, nights. there were a lot of commercials for Preacher. But we love Preacher. We do? And if you haven't heard the Ian Coletti interview, go back and listen. It's really funny. He's so sweet. You can hear my ass face impression. Arse face, yeah. My arse face. Arse I like calling him ass face. Ass face. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. That's too good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do that and I do walkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, could, they could put us in the set. We should, look, they talked on Talking Dead this week. I think uh, Denise Huth yeah. was on. 
She said, oh, everyone wants to be a walker, but it's such hard work. There's so much that goes into it. It's legit hard, yeah. Look, I don't want to be a walker that gets, like, thrown off something or... Or hit with something. You can just like drag a limb and. I just want to be know. the. I want to be a walker that like they swing at with a, uh, an axe with no axe, just the handle, and they CGI the axe in. Oh yeah. You know and that'd your be guts fine. Come out? Yeah, or they, or yeah, or I just fall over. <laughs> I just fall over. You know, like somebody punches me, yeah. but I fall over. <laughs> or maybe I just walk by. Rick did punch a lot in the face. Oh, you this know episode. what I'd be good for? I'd be good if like someone was doing the guts trick. Oh yeah. And I just went. Yeah. And I just walked by. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, just, oh, that's me. Yeah. That'd be cool, <laughs> and then you could you could be the short the short walker uh, going along the. But then people would know you. They go, "Oh, look at the short walker." Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how come short people don't die in the zombie apocalypse? Seriously, you there's like no like one a, my height. Oh, you know what they haven't had yet? What? And you know everybody's. You know you you're listening right now. You know you thought of this. How come there's no little people walkers? <gasps> you're right. There's no kid walkers really. No, except Bunny Girl. Right. Well, right, and I know that uh, the, the little kid from... Yeah, we, we, yeah. What's his name, the little brother? Sam. 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 Sam, we saw him die, whatever, but... So, there's no little people. No, there's not. I'd like to see some little people. Wow. Why can't they there's get jobs? There's walkers. Right. That they've used. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Well, how about, like, uh, Siamese twin walkers? No, oh my God. they're not oh, going to be walking oh, around. Oh, oh, my God. You know what would be a great scene? What? Oh, somebody listening to this from The Walking Dead needs to do this. Siamese twin walkers, one of them dies, and the other one has to avoid the other guy biting him the no, whole time. No, they both would die. No. Don't they share body parts? But I wonder how that would work. It, it can't work. <laughs> if you stab one of them, and let's say let's say they just share an arm. Let's, they, share, they share a chest, but no organs. Don't like you have always, a heart. Don't they always no, share? No, there's organs? two hearts. They might share one kidney, one kidney. That's two kidneys. But they share the same bloodstream. Dude, you are ruining this for me. They share the same bloodstream. Right. So you're saying that once they turn, the blood would go in and he turn? Yeah, because the, they share blood with their twin, so they're they're gonna be infected too, and then uh, they're gonna die. Okay. How okay? How freaky would it be to be the living one? One might die first. Your Siamese twin dies. Oh my god. And you know you're screwed. You can't get away. Kill me. They've got to do this. Kill me now. Yeah, but they got to do it. Now they got to. They have to make some calls. <laughs> At The Walking Dead, or at AMC <laughs> underscore, whatever Tweet them, it is. tweet them. Tweet them, let them know. Siamese Twin, Siamese what else, twin Walkers. What else do we want to see? One dies. Siamese Twin Walkers. Um, a toddler walker? No, that's kind of sick, though. Yeah, but it happens. It happens. Why? It's. I'm sure it happens. And you know what they're never going to show? What? If, God forbid, a baby dies. Oh, no, that's, I don't want to see it. That's baby. like alien. You don't no, see that. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. see a baby baby. No, no, I mean like uh, a fetus. Ew, no. <laughs> No, 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 draw the nope. line, draw the line. That's, nope. All right. No babies. All right. <laughs> All right, so F you the terror. Yeah. If you watch it and it's a great show, great. I don't need to know. You don't need to tell me. Unless it's the greatest show ever. If it's better than The Walking Dead, you can let me know. Yeah. If it's a smidge under The Walking I don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Denai Guerrero uh, talked about uh, in a recent interview on comicbook.com, balancing The Walking Dead and The Avengers Infinity War and uh, Black Panther. But have you seen it yet? Not yet. You're the only one on the planet. I know a few people that haven't. How could you not see this movie? I anyway, want to. She was filming The Walking Dead, end of 2016, early 2017. She was filming Black Panther and Infinity War almost at the same time, like right after. Um, and uh, in the fall. So she did the end, the winter and spring, then did the fall of those two years. So it worked around her schedule. Um, one thing she said about being able to do both it helps that one project, meaning Black Panther and the Avengers, needs her to be bald, and the other one needs her to be wigged as Michonne, so it really works out well. 
She said, you just put the wig on. It's so much easier oh, yeah, that's easy. having an afro. Let's see. A new study from Truth Initiative, an anti-smoking group, claims smoking is most prevalent of all the TV shows. They looked at the top 14 most popular TV shows, 15 to 24 demographic. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things being number one. Stranger Things, the most smoked on TV show. Now, that takes place in the 80s. Who's smoking? The mother, the cop. Oh, yeah, Hopper smokes all Hopper the time. smokes, mom smokes. Oh, yeah. In the, in the 80s, people smoked more. That's true. They weren't as edu- educated about the dangers of uh, smoking. Don't do it. However, number two on the list, The Walking Dead. Really? Yeah, everybody smokes. Dwight smokes. Carol has had a couple. Carol's had a few butts. Dwight. Dwight. Oh, speaking of Dwight, we got a partial bullshit here from Tracy Loretto. She says on Twitter, T-Face81, Dwight had a white filter sig in the beginning of that scene uh, by... Uh, Negan's flipped oh, over car. and then when he flipped it, it did have a brown end. It had a brown filter. You noticed it too? Yes. Now, maybe he lit a separate one, but who knows? But yeah, continuity bullshit. Mm. And called continuity bullshit. Well, he had that special one with the rings from Sherry. That was the full white one, so maybe that was still saved in the box mm-hmm. and he had the other one. Yep. I don't want to read that yet. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, Carolina Gallardo, who follows us at Carol Gallardo. Uh, so many theories. She does her own podcast and she reads the comics, so she has a lot to uh, a lot to ask about. So we'll we'll touch on some of the things as we go on. But I just want to talk about uh, the cigarette bullshit. Um, Georgie, the character on the show that we saw, mm. uh, I feel like where do I know her from? I don't know. She's been in a lot of things. I feel like I've seen her. I want to talk about Georgie, but I want to talk about the episode first. Um, so let's not talk about Georgie. I want to put that to the side. We get to Georgie, the character. Was our psychic Midge and somebody else? Midge and some weird ass name. No, it was uh. Midge is a weird name. What yeah. is Midge short for? What is Midge? Um, like could be Margaret. Oh. Midget. Mid- no. No. Uh, that, uh, uh, Not important. No. Magenta. Magenta. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. There's a um, new season thirteen trailer. We talked about that with Morgan seeing a ghost. Uh, it's. No big surprise since it's in the trailer, but it's he sees the ghost of Gavin. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Fear the Walking Dead, episodes 401 and 402 have released their synopsis. Oh, synopsis. Synopsis-i. <laughs> synopsis-i. So, yeah, synopsis-i. Uh, I, I, I know. I know. I know. I, know. I like synopsis-i. I know. Don't have to tweet me. I know. Okay. <laughs> uh, episode 401 is called What's Your Story? A Lone Traveler's Weary Journey is Interrupted by New Acquaintances, Some Who Become Friend, Others Who Become Foe. That could be Morgan. They meet Morgan. Mm-hmm. But who becomes foe that I quickly? I don't know. Oh, you all right? Yeah, I'm getting electric shocks. I just stood up and it just shocked me through my headphones and my ears. Don't stand up then. I need to stand up to stretch the Okay, bit. that's fine. Episode 402 is called Another Day in the Diamond. I'm assuming that's because they took over a baseball field. It's possible the Astrodome, if that's still standing. I think they still have like part of it still standing. Uh, yeah, that could be. A troubled survivor finds allies... In an unexpected place. Again, that could be Morgan. Yeah. Uh, could be John. Uh, meanwhile, the life Madison has fought to build comes under threat. That's in the scene when they tell her she has to leave and she's, we're not going anywhere. She looks pretty B- B.A. She does. Bamf. Badass! <laughs> All right. Uh, episode 12, The Key. Did you like it? I did. Yeah. I thought it was great. There's a lot of bullshit in the episode. We're going to mm. talk about it as we go. A lot of scenes, a lot of people calling bullshit. Yeah. My Twitter feed blew up with, I'm calling bullshit on, I'm calling bullshit on. 
Let me get some of those ready here because it was a lot of bullshit. Hmm. Yep. People call him F you the terror. Yep. 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 Okay. So the show starts with uh, the little snippet trailer we saw a few days ago, which is Negan with an evil smile, Simon looking around like he's surveying the area, and Dwight deep in thought. Yes. Sort of a little look into the, what's going on in the top three guys over at the uh, sanctuary. Uh, Negan knocks on Dwight's door with a gift of, I guess, beer. That's what it looked like, yeah. Yep. Welcoming him home. Dwight tells his story to Negan, who was silent for a second. Did you notice that? He was like looking at him like, I don't believe you. Yeah. But then he says, hey, It is good to have you uh, home. Good He's job. Like- he tells him to get dressed and put on his best vest. I'm wondering if uh, Negan's going to notice he doesn't have Daryl's vest anymore. Mm. Now, how do you explain not having it? You got shot and you took it off. It's a vest. He said he was ambushed, so who knows? They could have taken it or. Yeah. You know, he who took knows it back. What he said. Um, the saviors are cutting open walkers and getting their guts on their weapons. So all their innards were going. Oh, oh, bu- all over the buckets place. of guts. Buckets of guts. Gut buckets. Gut buckets. Um, Negan tells Simon the hilltop is in for it. And after he walks away, Simon makes stink face. Simon is done. Like, Simon is... He's unhinged. He is... And I kind of love it. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not caring about what Negan nope. says anymore. Negan's like, we're going to show them. He's like, no, we're not. Mm-hmm. He's just going to kill one guy, and that's it. He so killed the Oceanside men. Oh, totally. We're backsliding. Are we backsliding, Simon? Dwight comes outside into the courtyard, and he looks around. You know he's looking for Laura. Yeah. We still don't know what happened to Laura. No, we don't. I still say Sherry got her in the woods. Hmm. That's what I think. You think so? Yeah, I think Sherry's she- been gone for so long. You know you're going to see Sherry again. They just mentioned well, her. Yeah, and they showed the rings and all that. You got to see her again. Yeah. I feel like that's how she's going to come back. She's going to kill her and show that she's loyal. Yeah. Uh, I bet you she ran into Sherry and Sherry was like, "Are you? did you turn like Dwight did? No, no, what are you talking about? And then she kills her. Like, yeah. well, I'm going to go rat him out. Oh, you are? Done. <laughs> Either that or Jadis got her. No, Jadis wasn't dead yet, so it's got to be Sherry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason is that it's Sherry. It's got to be. Got to be. Simon tells his men, uh, if you wound them, meaning the Hilltop people, don't kill them, let them turn, do not kill them. He could not have been more clear. Now, he tells them that, and then later, Simon's like, we got to kill everybody. Simon, Negan would want that. Oh, my God. Negan was very clear. Do not kill them. They're a resource. Uh, let's see, uh, Dwight wants to ride ahead on his motorcycle, and Simon says, no, Negan wants you to ride with me. Did you notice the woman getting in the truck was a rat? Oh, yes, yes, she's back. I haven't seen her all season. No, you really haven't. We interviewed her at the premiere at the Greek Theater oh, in L.A. Oh, she's gorgeous. Be- yeah. Stunning. And, and we asked her, like, oh, we've seen you with guns and weapons and the war and everything, and she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have 12 episodes just before yeah, we see her. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a while. She shoots Olivia. She shoots Olivia and then disappeared. Yeah. They made it look like she was going to be second tier. Yeah. And she hasn't... Been, how do you not... How are you not anywhere? If you're a known character, how are you not There's anywhere... There's some people that are popping up like, oh, yeah. I know. They're all over the place. Yeah. So, a rat's back. Um, the saviors head to the hilltop in a caravan. For some reason, Negan's in, in the rear. No one behind him. No. No leader would follow... Would be last. No. He'd be, like, sandwiched. And he's driving in a black Dodge Charger. You know, I'm yeah. not, not the same as mine, but same car. Yes. Mine's much nicer. Also, my car's not on fire, to my, no, it's not. To my knowledge at this point. <laughs> uh, Negan dips Lucille in guts in his car seat. Uh, he puts Lucille next to him on the uh, the seat of his car, and he says, you are a beautiful baby. He needs to settle down. Yeah, he's got to... It's getting a little weird. It's like you with the 10-inch Daryl Dixon. Oh, I don't talk to it. 
Really? And bring it in my car. You don't talk to it? Well, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's when the credits roll. That's when the first commercial for the terror came on, and that's the first time I tweeted, F you the terror. As soon as I saw that. Uh, at the hilltop, Rick and Michonne came into the hilltop without Carl. This is the first time everybody's seeing them. Now they realize Carl's dead. Some redheaded woman. Do we know her? I don't think so. She brings Judith to Rick. Yeah, I don't, I think. Is she mm, the nanny? Eh. Because later we see her in, in Maggie's office with Gracie. Yeah, she she's kind of just keeper of the kids, I think. I don't really think she has a name. All right, so is she going to die? She, she's got to die, right? Or do, is she like the background woman like Olivia Kind of like background. Well, even Olivia was more present than she was. If she was on Fear the Walking Dead, though, she'd be dead. Redheads yeah. don't. We know I about know, redheads. Redheads and crazy shirts. Crazy shirts, yeah. Um, Daryl is with uh, Rick at uh, Glenn and Abraham's graves. Spoiler. Daryl explains to him why he drove the uh, garbage truck into the sanctuary. And Rick was like, you were right. I didn't want to kill innocent people. I should have just been worried about our people. The hell with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised by this? Mm. That Rick had a change of heart? That he would tell Daryl, it's okay what you did? We should have wiped them out? Not super surprised. This is after Glenn, This is after Carl. Like, he's Rick's looking, in a bad space right now. I know, but Carl said these things. Yeah. Carl said what he said what he said when he said it. So he wouldn't be <laughs> thinking about this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he said it. When he said it. <laughs> um, let's see. Rick says, I'm ready to fight. Maggie's got lookouts every half mile. I'm going to be okay. And he thanks Daryl for getting them, getting everyone from Alexandria to the hilltop. Maggie asks Rosita if she thinks Rick will come back from this. And Rosita says, have you come back from it? We just keep moving on. It'll be harder after this when it's quiet. And Maggie says, not when Negan's dead. And Rosita says, not for me either. Yeah, they agree on that. Yeah. Uh, Maggie sees milk crates uh, looking through her binoculars with a, a flag or a Yeah, what was that? Well, you... Wait, I'm blanking what that was. I'll, I'll get to okay, it. Okay, I'm, gonna... I'm blanking. Uh, if, if for those other people who didn't know what it was, they're loading up the Savior's trucks. I'm oh, sorry. I know what they were. Sorry. Yeah, you know what they were. Hello. Hello. Story, memory. Hello. Okay. I'm back. Hello. Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> was it uh, 1420 Wallaby Way or whatever the address was? Again, you don't need to tweet me. You know what I'm saying? Sydney. Sydney, Wallaby Way. It was Wallaby yeah, Way in 14 Sydney. 14 Wallaby it was. Way, Sydney. Again, we don't need to know. Yeah. We'll look it up. All right. <laughs> Uh, the Savior Trucks. P. Sherman, are, 14 Wallaby P. Way. P. Sherman, exactly. <laughs> was it 14 or 18? <laughs> no, it's P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. See, we remembered yeah, it mostly. See, I remembered. Yeah. Just keep swimming. What are we talking about? <laughs> you don't know. The crates. The crates, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the Savior Trucks are heading through some town, which we haven't seen before. You think we would have seen this town where there might be supplies and stuff? Yeah. Uh, Simon asks Dwight what he thinks. He's like, nobody's here but, these, but our chickens. He says, top guy to top guy. Do you think these people will cower, cave, after we deliver what amounts to yet another warning? I roll. He says, I have my doubts this is going to give us the desired outcome. And Dwight says, do you have another plan? And Simon says, nope, we'll execute the man's plan, no question. And then he says, we've thrown Rick, the widow, the king. We've thrown a lot at them. They keep coming, keep fighting. They don't scare. Yep, that was that trailer we saw. Right. So at that point, you have to realize he's feeling Dwight out. Like, he knows Dwight's not happy. Oh, he's totally feeling Dwight out. He's like, the guy irons your face, he bangs your wife. Yeah. He's like, you've been on both sides of the iron. I'm like, oh boy. So, uh, I'm figuring Simon's ready to mutiny. Mm Mm-hmm. And he he has a feeling Dwight may feel the same way. Little does he know. All right. Uh, Rosita comes back with a truckload of milk crates and a note. Those are the milk crates from before. I remember now, yeah. 
Uh, if you fill the crates, if you, oh, sorry, the note says if you f- uh, fill the crates with food or phonograph records, I will gladly exchange them for a key to your future. Hmm. What did you think that she meant at that point? I didn't know what the hell to think. I didn't know if it was a trap. I didn't know what, and to want records so random. I thought it was like a giant, like a 50 cal automatic weapon. I didn't know what it was. Right. Uh, Rosita says there's coordinates for a meeting spot. Maggie says, I think it's a trap. Uh, that was my best Maggie right there. It, was, it sounded like <laughs> that Elvis was Presley. So bad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maggie Bree, there you go. Michonne says, what if someone's trying to help? And Maggie says, well, then we miss out. But if it's a trap, we die. And Michonne says, I'll go. Rosita says, I'll go. You need a Maggie. Well, fine, She's all like, we're all going. All right, talk me into it. Maggie's like, well, I'm not going. Fine, I'll go. <laughs> uh, Rick sees the Savior's caravan through his binoculars. And apparently he was supposed to blow his horn to warn everybody. Because he goes to blow his horn and then doesn't. He goes after them. Simon and Dwight are in the van leading the convoy. They see a car. Simon sees the car. Simon that Rick saw it coming. Flying down the street at them. Yeah. He just happened to look to the left. Now, some people are saying he sped up a little to help make sure that Negan was in the path. Mm. But there's like three trucks, a couple of cars, and then Negan. Yeah. Uh, you know it's coming. They pass the street. Rick comes flying through. Side impact bullshit. Side Again. impact bullshit. Again. It's the third time this season. It's too much. How much do we have to do? As, as podcasters, as tweeters, verify tweeter, I might add. What else do I have to do? I don't know. Stop the side impact bullshit. Seriously, I saw that. I'm like, oh, come on. You gotta, you, you, please. And then last episode, we were thinking, well, okay, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Rick was tipped off. There was like a walkie-talkie sign. Nothing. He no, just, nothing. there was no one on the rooftop trying no to help him. No sign, no. Go, so go, go, go now. Somehow, somehow, not only did he hit Negan, but somehow he drove down a miscellaneous street in a town he doesn't really know. He knew which street they were going to turn down. I don't know From how a different block. He yeah. knew what street they were going to turn down on the main There's street? There's no way. And then at full speed, he times it? No. And then at full speed, he hits Negan in the side door. By the way, Dodge Charger, well-built car. <laughs> Hell of a crash rating, I yeah. must say. <laughs> All Negan does is slide over with a dent in the side door, which should have gone into him, but it doesn't. No. And then we see a car chase starts. He Rick's chasing him in an in a SUV, right? It was like a van, wasn't it? It was an it's SUV. A, oh, okay. And although he's not driving a Dodge Charger with a Hemi, Google that, he catches up to him. Yeah, he does. Now, Simon tells all his people, don't follow them in case there are more uh, uh, Alexandrians, you know, around. And you can see Simon smiling at this point. He tells the saviors, don't follow. Stay tight. Dwight and I will go after him. That was the equivalent of Dwight telling uh, Laura, don't put the trucks in front of the back door to Alexandria. The cars will be fine. This is Simon saying... Maybe we'll all get lucky and Rick will kill him. Yeah. Now, you have to think, what is Rick thinking? Because he's going after Negan, right? Mm-hmm. If the saviors were to follow, Rick's mm. a dead man. Uh, that would be bad. His only hope of getting Negan... Is that they don't follow. Is that they don't follow. And they didn't. <laughs> but he didn't know that. No, he, no, you don't know that going in there. If he had come at... Oh, I'm going to jump ahead. But if he had come out of the warehouse looking for Negan... And the saviors were there? Done. Dead man. <clears throat> Within two seconds. Why would you do that if you have everybody on alert with horns ready to go? And you're like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to side impact his ass. Ballsy. If if I could spend two minutes with Rick and explain to him why side impact doesn't work, you're like, 
Yeah, the odds are that terrible. That's bullshit. Absolutely, it's bullshit. He says, Dwight and I are going to go after him. Now, did I miss something? Because it immediately cut to Negan's car being flipped. We didn't see the car flip. No, we did not. He's covered in guts from the bucket. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, one of our listeners said, wouldn't it be karma? Let me see if I can get this right. Which is not going to happen. Oh, we just got tweeted by Noodlehead Productions. Oh. Uh, for our interview with Xander. Wow, already? That, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. The karma tweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, Todd Ubbin. Hello, Todd. Hello, Todd. The oob. Uh, he says, here goes. Wouldn't it be karma or irony, if uh, or both, if when Negan wrecked, he got an open wound and the walker blood infected him, um, since the, the walker guts in the bucket were all over the place? Yeah. How does it not go in his mouth? But, well, you know, some people have been covered in and they don't get sick, I guess. No, but if you're crashing, wouldn't you go, ah! Ugh. I get, yeah. I was just worried about the car. They, they wrecked the Black Dodge Charger. Yeah, the windshield inside is covered in that, you know, guts. That, that, and I, there was still hope for it. I, it's still drivable. But then, you know, Dwight was well, with the then, cigarette switch. You know, Dwight. Uh... Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, so I didn't miss anything. Okay. Okay, so I'm calling bullshit on the edit. You didn't want to show the chase scene. You didn't want to show the accident. You probably saved a couple of, uh, you know, 30, 40,000. Yeah. Because you didn't show the accident. They probably rolled the car over, bashed it up from a junkyard. Probably didn't even destroy the car that we saw. No. Probably like a junkyard car. So I call bullshit on that. All right. Rick gets out of his car because he's fine, I guess. We didn't see the accident. Negan is on its side in his car, covered in blood. He seems a little out of it at first. A little out of it. So Rick starts shooting at him with a assault weapon. Yeah. Misses every time. How did he miss? I mean, honestly. If this was a, a show where the bad guy's supposed to die, he shoots the gas tank, it blows up, show's over. Done. Okay. Rick didn't get him outside the sanctuary. Rick doesn't get him here. But Rick gets everybody else. Rick gets everybody else. But not Negan. Okay. So here's what I'm going to call bullshit again. He's running towards him, and he runs out of bullets. By the way, if I was shooting at a guy, the first thing I would do would be like, pretend I was out of bullets. Because then they run. Yeah. Then you go, I was kidding. Look what I got. And you shoot him again. Yeah. So Rick runs out of bullets. As he's running into the building, he pops another magazine into the automatic weapon, into the rifle. Right? Yep. He fires at his back at most like seven or eight shots. Yeah. But then as he's running into the building, he throws the gun off yeah, to the what side. what the hell? I saw that. All right. Now, it's possible that Andrew Lincoln was told, you're going to run out of bullets again. So we're supposed to believe maybe the backup magazine only had a few bullets in it. Oh. But he never once went, I'm out of bullets. Yeah. So the special effects people... Didn't make it look like he ran out of bullets again. No, it didn't. It looked like he still had more on him. That's why I was like, why is he throwing his gun and over there? if you're going to go after Negan, now granted, it, he was supposed to be out there on lookout. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you go with a lot of bullets? And wouldn't you also go with a knife in your belt? Well, he had his hatchet on his hip. Okay. A knife, a hatchet, poison. Poison. A rubber band gun. Like, you should be loaded. Yeah. You should not you should be in a situation. more bullets. Right. Where's Carl's gun with the silencer? True. Yeah, the python, I get it. You only got six bullets in the python. Yeah. All right, so I'm calling bullshit on throwing the gun away. I love the show, by the way. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> We're just saying. Uh, Negan, as Rick's running into the building, Negan swings Lucille at him and he slides under it. Somehow he knew to slide. Mm. I got to call bullshit on the slide because he was sliding before the bat swung. <laughs> All right. At that point, he's on the ground. Negan's got the bat. Negan runs. Mm-hmm. Why would Negan run? You know he's got a gun. Hit him with the bat. That's true. Quarter bullshit. <laughs> Quarter. Rick starts firing his, his python at him, his handgun. The noise is bringing walkers into the building. And then Negan runs upstairs and click, 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 click. He's out of bullets he's again. He's out. You're a sheriff. <laughs> you're a sheriff. You're not some guy who ran a candy store and now you have a gun. Oh, my God. You're a sheriff. Where's Why your do you bullets? keep running out, of, running out of bullets? Where's your other gun? <laughs> You should have guns everywhere. You should have guns in like every pocket. You should. Have you ever seen the movie Taxi Driver? No. Robert De Niro, classic film. He's got a gun that like he hits a button and it shoots out from his sleeve and comes into his hand. Woo! Yeah, look at that. Where's your backup gun, Rick? <laughs> you are a sheriff. <laughs> anyway, um, Rick runs out of bullets. Negan taunts him to the top of the stairs about being out of bullets. And uh, Rick pulls out his axe and he throws the axe at him. He misses. Of course he does. Now, if you're Rick, it looked like he was aiming for his head. He aimed for the body. Yeah. You want to hurt him. You don't want to take this chance of missing him. Negan ducks. The staircase breaks away. He falls down. But he manages to grab on with his hands. Yeah. Grabs on. Even though he fell forward, somehow he, he grabbed spun on around somehow. and grabbed on. Eighth bullshit. <laughs> Rick takes the axe off the wall. And goes to cut his hands, and Negan lets go and falls. Yeah, he lets himself drop. You knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Right? He'd rather drop. He was going to drop anyway. Better to drop with your hand intact. Um, yeah, exactly. So, he falls down into the hole. He drops Lucille in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, he's in the pit. We go back to the hilltop. The four girls, Maggie, Michonne, Rosita, and Enid, Pull up to a souped-up van with two women in front of it. Oh, it's Hilda and Mitch, not Midge. Sorry. Yeah, Hilda and Mitch. 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 Mitch yeah. Not Midge. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get to my notes. People were screaming at the podcast. It's Mitch! I know. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, a well-dressed woman gets out of the van. Her name's Georgie. She introduces Hilda and Midge. They're twins, by the way. Um, she says, now, at that point, I thought the four, the four survivors could have been shot. They could have had people in the trees shoot at them. Like, that was awfully... Trusting, yeah, to get to get out of the car like that, yeah. When there's a war going on, true. And this, yeah, who are these people? We've never seen them, right? Anyway, she's in a, she a pantsuit, like, like she's Martha Stewart. Some weird ass pantsuit. She says, "I only want music, no spoken word records." And Maggie says, uh, "Maggie says she wants what they have," uh, and she says, "I'm trading knowledge, an act of benevolence." She said, "I haven't seen many communities, not in a long time. I can tell you are a fine group." Michonne says, make the deal. Maggie says, no, these people are coming with us back to Hilltop. All right. So there was a lot of speculation about um, who she is. So let's take a side tour from the review of the show. Okay. Um, There's a character in the comics right now in a large, large group. This isn't a spoiler. It's all over the web. This is people's theories. Mm-hmm. The Commonwealth is a 50,000-person community in Ohio. Damn. 
right? It's the biggest community they found, and she's one of the governors. Ooh, the governor. Mm. This is Pamela now, not Georgia. Pamela Milton. Um, so people think that this is who she's going to be. Uh, when asked that question, she says, I can't imagine there isn't a tie to Pamela, but I was not told that. Uh, Jane Atkinson, who plays Georgia. Uh, my son uh, showed me the picture of her in the comics, uh, and I thought, it looks like me. And the two flanking guards in the picture, on the cover of 176, mm. wherever Pamela goes, she goes with two guards, armored guards. They're like stormtroopers, the Commonwealth. Hilda and Mitch. People think that's who owns the helicopter, by the way. Hmm. Oh. Because the Commonwealth has helicopters, hmm. among other things. Okay. But people thought it was too soon for the Commonwealth, because they're way after the whispers. This could be a sneak peek. I'll tell you what I think it is in a minute. Um, I can't help but think that my character is similar to hers, a leader. Uh, and then when asked if we'll see her again on the show, she says, I don't know when we'll see her, but uh, I will be back. Um, and then she says, there's a possibility of seeing Georgie in other universes, in other universes or worlds of The Walking Dead. What? Meaning she, well, they're talking about spitting off the show. Again? Yeah. Yeah, last week the story broke. I think we talked about it on the last podcast. They're talking about possibly multiple. Like maybe oh. a Netflix version or a movie version. Wow. Or um, just a third and fourth. Like CSI. There were four, four yeah, five CSIs. True. So they might do another one. If Fear picks up and starts kicking ass. Yeah. And they don't make the same mistake they made with Fear. True. So as far as the Commonwealth goes, here's how I can explain. This is my theory. Because she said later in the episode, I'll be back. I want to see how you progress. Mm-hmm. Right? She did. The Commonwealth takes place in the future in the comics. Mm-hmm. We already know there's probably going to be a time skip. So this could be, let's say, 2018 Pamela slash Georgia. Yeah. There's a time skip, and then we see her two, three seasons from now. Or two seasons from now. Could be. But in the meantime, we might see her travel to Texas and meet the Fear Gang. Wow. We might see her meet other people in other communities. They might do shorts for the web. Mm-hmm. Like they in the first two seasons, there were those mini mini episodes. Yeah. So maybe we see her building the Commonwealth in shorts. Not wearing shorts. No, but yeah. <laughs> kind of, short, little shorts. Little shorts, yeah. So I, I feel like they gave us a little teaser. Hmm. Like imagine in the comics, you saw somebody in an issue and then you didn't see her for 24 more issues. Yeah, that's crazy. So we may not see her for a while, but in reality, it's a time skip. We might see her next season. Could be. Or the end of next season when it's two years from now, and that's when the Commonwealth would have happened anyway. That would make sense. Right. Yeah. So, you know what we might see? We might see her in fear before the flash forward. That, yeah, that Like, could we be. might see her in 2016 fear. Yeah. Who knows? So, we'll see her again. All right. Anyway, Michonne tells her to make the deal, and Maggie says, you're coming back to the hilltop with us. Oh. So, they take them back to the hilltop. Uh, Rick is now in this building with Negan, who fell down the hole. Rick says, you still alive? Negan says, I'm a goddamn cat. <laughs> um, he can't find Lucille. But he a, is in panic mode. Right, especially since a walker falls down behind him. Yeah. From the staircase, uh, from the hole in the ground. So Rick says, so where's your people? By the way, that's bad grammar. Should be, where are your people? Yeah. Not where is your people. Just saying, Rick. Grammar police. Come on, Rick. Let's go. Think The Walking Dead is grammar police? Mm. You think with zombies running around, people go, um... He used the wrong your. <laughs> no. I probably still would. Yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry. 
Uh, Rick says, this is where you die, all alone in the dark. Listen, Rick's really good at the talk. Do it. But he's not doing it. Now, I love Negan in this in this scene, in, in, this, in this setting, because he acts like Rick's the one with the problem. Mm-hmm. In fact, he says, what the hell is your problem, Rick? Never mind he killed his friends and all. He says, I know you're dealing with some shit. The worst kind of shit, meaning Carl. Yeah. But if you aren't the most stubborn know-it-all prick I've crossed dicks with, <laughs> why don't you just let me save you, Rick? I'm good at it. I saved everyone at the sanctuary, the hilltop, the kingdom. I saved them all. Well, yeah. And then here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Their kids grow up safe. They didn't lose one person. They were just doing fine until Rick showed up. I'm like, Ben was killed. Yeah. You killed a couple of people at the hilltop. Never mind, I mean, never mind the first person. Uh, Olivia's dead. Mm-hmm. You killed Spencer. Oh, he gutted Spencer. So, sorry, spoiler, Spencer's dead. So here's what he says. You failed your boy. You failed your people, Rick. All that wasted potential. There's still hope for you. A one-time deal. Now he's sweating, Negan. I will make it in the honor of your badass son. Someone I honestly respected. You get Hilltop, Alexandria, and the kingdom to fall in line, and our arrangement is back in place, and you are forgiven, Rick. I will lower my take to a lousy 25%. He thinks he's doing him a favor. He's like, look at this. I'm offering you. Yeah, I'll walk out of here without you killing me. Come with the janitorial staff. He goes, now nah, you got to come work with me, though. But your people get to live like 75% kings. God. <laughs> you destroyed Alexandria. You killed the it's kingdom. On fire. <laughs> Everyone in the kingdom's dead. Spoiler. And uh, you're like, oh, I'll only take 25%. Yeah. Now, how would Negan go back to his people and say, I worked at a deal. We're getting less now. Like, he's that desperate. Yeah. He has no bat. He's batless. He's batless. So, so your your life could be over any minute. You think that it's a better deal? Would you take that deal? No. Right. Uh, 25% for what? Mm. So they don't kill you? Mm. No. F you. F you the terror. F you into the Badlands. F you Negan. <laughs> F you Stacy. F you Henry. People listening to the Brooklyn Boys know what I'm talking about. F you Agnes. All right. Okay. Uh, then Rick says, uh-oh. Rick Here it says, comes. why would I trust any deal with you after what you did to Jadis's people? And Negan says, what the hell are you talking about? He says, the scavengers, their official name now, official, official. You killed them, all of them. A whole community just wiped out. Is that how you save people? And then Negan goes, son of a bitch. Simon is fucked. Triggered. Rick says, it's times like this you realize who your real friends are. Nobody's coming for you. And he's right. No one's coming for him. No. So then he finds Lucille. We go to commercial. Rick finds Lucille, that is. Yeah, Rick finds Lucille. Now, Rick had Lucille for a brief moment at Alexandria during the fire, during the assault. Yeah, that didn't work out. He hit him once, got knocked over, and when lost the When he ran the out a window. Yeah. Didn't he run out a window? Yeah, when he had a gun in his hand. Yeah. I don't get that. Uh. I know you want to go get Carl. How long does it take to shoot him and get out the window? Mm-hmm. He'd probably run out of bullets, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> probably. He doesn't really want to kill Negan because he's not killing Negan. He likes to play. It's like if you house. want to, if you, if you if you invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want Negan dead, you would have killed him. Uh, Simon and Dwight. Simon says you must have thought about it, clipping him yourself. 
And uh, little Jedi mind trickery. Here. Dwight says, "You mean when he took my wife, burned my face? Nah, never yeah, thought about it. Not never. once. Never, not once." And then Simon says, "Because you're an adult, you did what you had to to survive, and yet our leader's not doing the same. If it was my call, we'd say enough. We'd branch out, make new relationships, and move on from past discomforts, as you wisely chose to." Simon says, "Well, here I am, my nuts blowing in the breeze, <laughs> naked as a jaybird. What do you say?" And Dwight says, "Just move on." And Simon says, yep, just move on. And I think, like, Dwight's in. Yeah. Now, do you think Dwight and Simon would just leave? Or do you think Dwight would go with the Saviors minus Negan and leave and stay in charge? Um, I think he would stay in charge and go with them. And not and not join the Alexandrians. Oh, Dwight, you mean? Yeah, I mean Dwight. I mean, he thinks he thinks Negan might be dead, which was his only goal. Yeah. He knows Tara and Daryl want to kill him. Do you He's go kinda, with Simon, stay in charge, and... I'd have to feel it out. If I really thought Negan was dead or found out he was dead, Dwight's going to really have to feel out both sides. Yeah. Because he doesn't really belong really anywhere right now. But he belongs with Simon. He's faking it. Right. He's um, like a chameleon. He just adapts where right. he's at. They get to the flipped cars. They see the blood everywhere. Dwight sees the bucket. Simon says he could be anywhere, alive or dead or in between. We could find him. Face a distasteful moment, meaning get yelled at for something. Or just walk away and make things better for our people. You know, something we could tell our grandkids about. Remember that time we left Negan to die and we just went on without him? Dwight lights up a cigarette. It changes color. He throws it at the Dodge Charger and burns the Dodge Charger. Simon says, good answer, and they both walk away. I'm not sure how burning the Dodge Charger means you're going to join him. It wasn't it like was Negan symbolic. was going to... I know, but it wasn't like Negan was going to flip the car and drive away. I know, no, symbolic, I know. It was just symbolic. Like, a fuck you to Negan. Yeah. You know? Uh, Maggie, uh, Michonne tells Maggie to let the women go. Maggie says, I can't. They have crates of food. People here will be starving. And Enid tells her, Maggie's right. We take their stuff before someone else does. Oh, Enid is like a little fired up. Yeah, someone else will kill them. The saviors are coming and some of us will die. Why should we give a shit about people who don't give a shit about themselves? We take their stuff. We use it. We stop pretending that things just work out. They don't. Now Michonne says, call rescued Sadiq. And now we have a doctor and a friend. And she takes Enid's gun. She says, Carl was brave. Enid's like, now Carl's dead. Yeah. And she's like, like, step back. back. Step back. Did you see me in Black Panther? Step back. Did you see me? Step back, bitch. No, well, Jamie didn't see her, but I saw her. All right. Maggie says, things don't just work out. Michonne says, I know. But Carl didn't give up on Rick. Carl didn't give up on who Rick wanted him to be. And we can't give up on who he wants us to be. We can't. And Maggie's looking like, oh, you make me feel guilty now. (laughs) Don't Carl me. I know. Don't Carl guilt trip me. He cried, then Michonne was crying, and then Maggie was almost crying. Uh, Rick says to Negan, what you had was never going to last. Sooner or later, you were going to meet someone like me. You can't save me or my people or even yours because you don't care about anyone. You use people to bring you food, to sleep with you, to protect you. Only thing you care about is that is this bat. I'll make you a deal. I'll let you say goodbye. Ooh. Um... Negan, he was like, don't you touch her. Don't you touch her. Then Rick lights it on fire. Now, a couple of people tweeted at me calling bullshit. Yeah. About li- having lighter fluid. I mean, you can... I oh, Here's the thing. There was blood guts on there. Maybe, I mean, they're not flammable. No. So it shouldn't have caught fire that easily. Unless we missed something. Now, wait a minute. He had the lighter. Yeah. So did he open up and put a little lighter fluid well, see, from the lighter? What somebody was, I think it was Ryan Lennon, who we talked to on Instagram, They were he was DMing with us, and I think he may have, he could have popped the top off and dumped some lighter fluid on it. I guess there. he could have. So. I guess that, that's what he could have done. 
Um. Anyway, so he he lights it on. He lights it on fire. He tries to smash open the doorway that said "Eaters" on it. Yeah. I guess to like let the walkers out. Yeah. And then run. So Simon, I mean, so Negan will be uh, surrounded. Anyway, Negan comes around the corner and tackles him, and they fall in the room. I'm going to give a what the fuck to Rick right there. A WTF. Okay. How do you turn your back? I know you're bashing the door to open up to get the walkers out that are in there, the eaters. Now, somebody called bullshit. Someone tweeted me and called bullshit and said, how come Negan couldn't find Rick but the second he's burning his bat, he comes running out of nowhere and finds him. Well, because it's lit up. Well, so part one is it was lit up. He could follow the light. Yeah. Right? Number two, he wasn't trying to find Rick. He was running from Rick. Well, yeah. Rick was looking for him. Now that Lucille is lit. Right. It wasn't like he was looking for Rick. He was... He, he wanted to be away from him. He knew Rick had a, he, uh, could have a gun. He had Lucille. He might have yeah. a knife. And for some reason, other than the bat, Negan has no weapons. No, he does I not. I gotta call bullshit on that as well. You're on your way to the hilltop to attack them. He never has another weapon besides Lucille. Yeah. Now, he had a machine gun in the season finale of season seven. Well, besides, I mean, but normally his go-to, he doesn't have anything but Lucille on him. Okay. Side note, I know it's not a machine gun. Okay? Wait, you don't have to tweet us. Yeah. No. Okay. We're just saying that. Anyway. Rick gets up, hits Negan with the flaming bat again. I know they don't play baseball in England, and Andrew Lincoln is British. <laughs> I get it. But he hits him once with the bat. Swing and hit him in the head. Or hit him, hit him, hit him, Seriously. hit him, hit him. Don't hit him once. Hit him, hit him, hit him. Go ham no, on I him. No, I know. He's fighting off walkers. I get it. They start to catch fire. Then Negan, Negan tackles Rick, gets Lucille. Seems pretty easy to get the bat back from Rick. <laughs> uh, they fight their way through walkers. Um, and then Negan jumps out the window the way Rick did. Yes, uh, he did. They, they got to have a fight with his no windows. Uh, yes, yeah, seriously. They keep jumping out of windows. And how is there a window in that room? Well, it's all broken up and busted. Ah, please. <laughs> all right, back to the hilltop. Maggie agrees to George's deal. Um, but then she says, I'm changing the term, the terms. I only want one crate of records, and you can have some of my food. I'll be back someday because I expect great things. She gives Maggie a book, which she calls The Key, with plans to build windmills, watermills, silos, uh, create lumber, aqueducts, process grain. Yeah. Now, a couple of people online were saying, well, couldn't you just go to a library or a college and get these books? Well, there was a library two seasons ago where they wiped out the library people. Yeah, that was so long ago. So long ago. They, I, they I, don't have access to that shit right now. They're not going to a college and taking books out. No. So this was a helpful book. Yeah. Helpful book. We don't have to nitpick. Um, let's see. Um, she says, build this place up. I want full crates when I get back. Cheeses for Hilda. Pickles for Midge. Pickles. We can get them. So Eugene. Yeah, Eugene has. Eugene might get us something from Midge. Has the Ukes. Although Midge didn't. Which one was the dumb one? Was Midge? Oh, they're like both dumb. Moisture. Right? Oh my God. Georgie looked at her like, please stop. Yeah. Anyway, they all leave. Uh, Enid then says, uh, by the way, I I killed Natanya. And I'm alive. Yeah, I know. Carl saved someone. He's dead. Are we supposed to stop fighting? And Michonne says, he was telling us to keep fighting for our future. But there has to be something after dumbass. Yeah. She didn't say dumbass. I added that. No, yeah, you did. That's my artistic right. <laughs> uh, Simon and Dwight go back to the saviors and say, Negan is gone. All we found was blood. But he says, we're all Negan. Doesn't matter if the big man is in here. It, it don't matter if the big man ain't here. We're still Negan. We don't know if he's gone, but we need to fulfill Negan's plan. Which, by the way, the plan was don't kill anybody. 
Uh, Which what Simon got to win against there. What they did to Negan, we have to expunge them. They are a mistake that we shall now erase. We are moving on. For Negan. <sighs> okay, now did this last scene blow your mind? Yes, what the what? Okay, they're going to have to flash back and show us they're, how this happened. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, so Negan's in a car. He's sitting in the passenger seat. Kind of like semi-in and out of consciousness. Right, so somehow he got knocked out. He has a bruise on his head, but that could have been from Rick. Yeah. We can't see who's driving. The camera pans around. It's Jadis. What the hell? With the gun to his head. I paused it and tried to figure out who could be driving, and I never guessed Jadis. Well, your first guess would be like, oh, it's Rick, but then you're like, well, I never would have guessed Jadis ever. No, I didn't think it was Rick. I just couldn't figure out who along the way picked him up. Well. Hmm. So it's Jadis. He wakes up and goes, well, shit. (laughs) At this point, he should have realized she's going to be pissed at him. Uh, yeah, because now he is privy to the information that right, all but, the it, but he probably are was out. like, "Oh, wait till I tell you, I'm so sorry." Whatever. He probably thought she was dead. Rick said they wiped out everybody. Well, that's true. He never said Jadis was still alive. So. And then she knocks him out with the gun. Um, she like uh, pistol whips him in the face. In the face. In the face. Okay, so Rick turned his back on Jadis. Right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Does it come back to haunt him? That might bite him in the ass. Does she show up to Hilltop with Negan on Negan's side against Rick? But then Simon's there. Is she the reason Nick kills Simon? uh, Rick, uh, Negan kills Simon? Or does Oceanside show up? They grab Simon and Negan doesn't save him. This could go so many different ways right now. Here's what I think I think Oceanside captures Simon and Simon's like, save me, Negan. Oh, and Negan, Simon's gonna be like, no. Nope. And Negan's like, uh, mm-hmm. and then he pulls Jadis out from behind a truck. And he's like, what do you think, Jadis? Oh, I could see that happening too. And then she says, kill him. Yeah. And then Jadis goes and lives Oceanside with the other women. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, like, really, the possibilities are endless. Simon's right now. not surviving this season. Uh, That's a given. There's no way he survives unless he runs off to fear with Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> His ass is grass right now. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. All right. Uh, a scene from next week. Carol gives a speech about surviving maybe one more night. All right, we still know his name. Al Dante. Oh, Al. I think <sighs> I think it's still Al. I don't think Xander was paying attention there. I don't think so either. Because um, they only said his name once. Yeah. And so it's not like they kept calling him Al. No. Paul Simon song, great song. Okay. Um, we, we see Al Dante digging a grave. There's Al a pickup. Dante. There's a pickup. I'm firm. With, I'm that. staying I firm. I'm staying firm with that. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Thank you. That's cheesy. Thank you. Oh, a little oh, great, a little grated like, cheesy, yeah, you little like grated that. cheesy, great, little grated, little grated cheesy. <laughs> so he's digging a grave. There's a pickup truck full of bodies. We don't know who those bodies are, yeah. or if that takes place after a, a, a fight, or it's saviors. Maybe she kills five saviors, and uh, they have to bury the bodies. I don't know, but he's burying somebody. Yeah. Uh, Henry grabs an assault rifle from the stockpile of oh, guns. Oh, Henry. The saviors approach the hilltop. Someone's holding a walkie up to Al Dante to speak to someone. <laughs> Uh, and the saviors are outside the pen. Um, the scene at the end of Talking Dead, which is another trailer, Simon answers the walkie-talkie. It's Maggie Ree, the widow. Maggie Ree. Uh, Simon says, the man received your delivery in the box I provided you in good faith. I may have to rethink that. Maggie says, your 38 people are alive and breathing, and they will stay that way if you turn around. But if you don't, I have 38 bullets that I will personally fire into all 38. Oh, damn. To which Chris Hardwick said, eh, coincidence, she has 38 bullets only and there's 38 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Talking Dead. Guests on the show, Gareth, 
played by Andrew J. West. Yvette Nicole Brown. I assumed it'd be a death because she was on, but there yeah, wasn't. Yeah, she's normally on sad episodes. And surprise cast member Georgie, who played, uh, well, Jane Atkinson, who played Georgie. Yeah. My favorite moment was the in memoriam for the Dodge Charger. <laughs> uh, there was a poll. Do you trust Georgie? Yes, 78%. Seems I like a good person. Kinda, yeah. Yep. I'm again, right. again going to remind you, Naked Walker, meh. It was kind of like a non-event. Yeah, I was like, oh, watch out for a naked they walker. They made all this like, oh, naked walker. But if we didn't know about it in Never advance, would have I, would have no- I wouldn't have noticed that and he I didn't, didn't have I didn't notice on. it. People tweeted the picture. I'm like, oh, yeah, there it was. I, I knew what it was when I saw it. But if I didn't have the heads up, I... Mm, really? I-, I think if you're going to be a naked walker, something's got to be flopping. There were no bits. No. Upstairs or downstairs. You got to be flopping something. Something's got Nothing's flopping. Nothing. Are you meaning to tell me that... How come we don't see anybody who just died? Naked? Naked or not, like, remember when the walker turned in Fear the Walking Dead, the girl, the first walker? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? She was fresh looking. Yes, she was. Well, Eric was fresh. Yeah, but we saw him from a distance, walking away from a distance. <laughs> yeah, well, so I don't, I, I need to see fresh death. We've fresh. Been, we haven't seen fresh walkers in a while. I mean, Milton was fresh, I guess. And uh, Andrea's sister, Amy, was fresh. Well, yeah, people who turned for a second were fresh, but we, I mean, like, walking down the street. Oh, fresh down the street? No, yeah. we haven't really seen that. Like, I just died of a heart attack, and I'm, I'm a walker. <laughs> and I'm f- super fresh. I'm sure they more. Super fresh. Super fresh. All right, this has been a long, long podcast. Thank you for listening. Yes, this has been a long time. I hope you enjoyed uh, Zender Berkeley. Zender. Please go see, uh, if you're in the New Jersey area, the Garden State Film Festival. That means if you're from Philly, drive up. New York, drive down. Uh, Pennsylvania, drive over. Yeah, gsff.org. $50, Paramount uh, Theater. It's a great experience. Asbury Park's a great town. It's officially spring by the time you hear this. So go, go, go to the festival. Have fun. Say hi to Xander for us. Yeah. Uh, Or say hi to us. We might be there. Yeah. Depends on the snow. (laughs) All right, it's definitely time. Oh, what time is it? (sighs) It's time to shut this shit shit down. down.